0: Now on Radio Italia Uno, it's time for Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno, an hour where we have lots of fun with very interesting guests. We talk about how to start, build, and increase your business right now on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM.
1: Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Radio Italia Uno and good morning, good afternoon, and good night. And the reason why we say good morning, good afternoon, and good night, all the regular listeners know, is because we are lucky enough to be here in Adelaide on Radio Italia Uno every Monday from 2 till 3, and we get podcasted around the world Monday evenings, and there are people all over the world. Thank you to everybody who has shared. I did a count the other day, and we're about 52 countries at the moment, so we're over 50 countries that listen to this podcast. So I'm very proud to say, but humbled because it's not about me. It's about my guests. It's about people who share the ideas. So, you know, they can listen to it in their time zone and wherever they are, whatever country they are, at whatever time they want to. And the good thing about it is they can hear it over and over again if they want to or go back. And listen to a past episode and get that idea that they wanted to follow or whatever. So that's what this show is really all about. It's about business and about helping people to grow their business and help themselves become better. Now, every week I bring guests in and uh, we have a real special guest tonight and I'll um, introduce him to you shortly. But before that, I just wanted to say thank you so much to, uh, I mentioned my friends in Canada that I hadn't seen for a while. And unfortunately, we sort of lost contact because when I moved, I moved and I was overseas, working overseas for a while. And I I didn't have my regular phone number with me. And I had to change my email addresses and a few other location addresses. So we lost contact. And all of a sudden they reconnected and now they've been listening to the show in Canada. But I've got another 10 messages from different people in different parts of Canada that's saying, oh, wow, thank you very much, you know, (laughs) for sharing. So thanks for that. I've got a chap in Chile who's been writing me regularly, sending me emails, and he's got a group of business people down there or in Chile, and what they do, it's like they have a network breakfast that they have and a business meeting, and they've been talking about some of the ideas that our guests share at their breakfast, you know, and at their meeting. So it's just interesting how that happens. Of course, uh, Argentina is a, r- a regular people that listen to us and also listen to Radio Italia Una. We've got people uh, who have relatives here or come from there and vice versa. And, uh, you know, Poland uh, has been growing quite a lot. We've got um, uh, relatives in Poland and they've shared it with other people and and people from there. Of course, all my relatives in Italy... Uh, listen to me regularly or send me, you know, snippets about different things. And it's really interesting about just before Christmas, I had somebody on that's saying how uh, they've changed their occupations several times during their lifetime and they've tried this and they've tried that and they've done this and they've done that. And people say, Oh, well, can't you keep a job? But what happened is they, they, better themselves all the time. And one of my relatives in Italy had the idea that he should have been doing this job and stay there with that firm that he was working with. When he decided to listen to several of our programs and noticed that people here are changing regularly, he thought, maybe I should look at changing. And immediately after that, he was headhunted to another company and he's got twice his salary that he had at the other company. But he had been with that other company for about 15 years and never wanted to move but knew that he was more valuable than what he was being paid, you know? So it's just interesting how just a little thing can help you. Sometimes something that somebody says will trigger something in you. And I know that Ron and I talk about this all the time. And, you know, sometimes I've said things or he's said things or he's heard it from somebody else and then somebody else says it and he says, oh, wow! (laughs) You know, it just hits you from a different angle sort of thing. But look, my special guest this evening has been in several different roles in in similar business, right? Richard Zanker. Richard, welcome to the program tonight. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming in. Now, you've done several different things, management roles and all this of it, but you've been in real estate and you've been in different other businesses. So tell us a little bit about what you've been doing in the past.
2: Look, it's always fascinating when we spoke the other day. Yeah. You said, you know, what did you used to do? Yeah. And my standard answer now is that as little as possible because I've been (laughs) retired for quite a while now. Uh But it's it's a great question because when when you're in the workforce for a long period of time, Mm -hmm. you know, you you start off doing something. And I find it interesting these days because they say you need to go to uni and uh, you're going to get a career. Mm. And I always really careers is uh, a different – number of jobs that you have over a long period of time. Mm. So when I, when I first started, I always say, "Oh well, I'm a mechanic by trade yeah. because I am proud of being a mechanic yeah. and, and it was good. And then I had 26 years in real estate after that. Mm. And, of course, you do things in between that too. Yes. <laughs> the thing. And then I, I said, to Peter, well, you know, really, I'm a you know, mechanic. I did my apprenticeship and then yeah. I, um, I started my first business when I was 19. yes. And uh, that was to have a service station, and uh, people in Adelaide know Melbourne Street pretty well. Yes. And so I started off there, borrowed a lot of money from everywhere, <laughs> had no idea really what I was doing in a business. Yes. BP sent me to business, their business school, and taught me very little yeah. except for uh, how to do the books. Yeah. <laughs> and it started, it started off from there. And yeah. it was a fascinating story. When I was at management school, at BP, there was yeah. a old guy from the Baltics. He said, Richard, how did you get the money to go into that business? Yeah. I said, well, I borrowed money off my mum, my, my dad, my uh, brother, my sister, and my yeah. girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, now, Richard, your girlfriend – I don't know how much money you borrowed off of her, but if you marry her, you'll never have to pay that back.
1: Oh, that was a good idea. <laughs>
2: uh, well, I did, but um, that's a good question. About uh, it didn't cost me too much.
1: <laughs> oh no. Well, the point is, uh, I, I won't go into that. But it, you know, you marry your girlfriend, and it doesn't cost you much. But unfortunately, when you divorce and separate, she takes lot. <laughs> well, she but that's a lot. She did a That's another story. <laughs> but look, it, it's interesting what you just in your introduction. I picked up a lot of little pearls. You know. What, what happens is the fact that you, at a very early age, decided to become a businessman and, and start your own business, and you had no idea what you were doing. You know, like at 19, how many people know how to run a business? Not many. And the fact is, at, at most other ages, people say, and well, I've said before, like, oh, any idiot can run this business, so then they become the idiot running the business, you know? And and the point is that you, you said it really well that you didn't have any business training you know, and the company sent you off to do some training and it was only limited, you know, so it's interesting you said that. That's right.
2: Well, I was very lucky, you see, because I had parents that didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. They were very good parents. Yeah. So mum come and did the books. Yeah. Dad come, uh, he used to finish work at three o'clock in the afternoon, so he'd come and serve petrol for me. Mm -hmm. My girlfriend worked in the bank, so she'd come and serve petrol for me after that. So the first year, uh, that kept my uh, wage bill down. You didn't have to
1: pay much wages, that's right. But I
2: worked a lot of hours.
1: Yes. Well, (laughs) the thing is, when you run your own business, you do work a lot of hours. So how long did you keep that business for? Uh, I had it for five years. For five years. That's quite good. Now, let me just ask you this. When you sold it... Did you make a profit compared to what it was when you when you bought it?
2: Well, I, I didn't actually. It was a license for, uh, for BP, which would be a franchise these right. days. So it didn't cost you to buy You didn't pay anything for the goodwill. Mm-hmm. You had to have an X amount of money to go into it. Mm-hmm. And it was really how much money you made and how much money you saved. Yes. So, But no, over the five years, it yeah. did very well.
1: Okay. Now, the reason why I say that, because a lot of people start a business and within the first five, you know four to five years or two to five years they they go bankrupt or they close the business or you know they find it hard to to keep the business going and 99% of the time it's because they didn't have the right plan or they were in the wrong place at the wrong time and yet people across the road with the same business kept on flourishing you know so i like to ask my guests what was the failure what was the good thing about it you know because we can learn from our failures. As a matter of fact, other people listening can hear about a failure and think, oh, God, I've got to avoid that, you know. So what were some of the lessons you've learned in your in your early years in business?
2: You know, in my early years, and the service station was my early years, it was fascinating. I learned that people didn't pay things for cash. And that's why BP told me that I had to have a lot of money because they had accounts in those days. right. And I did fib a little bit on how much money I actually had, yeah. sort of thing. But I had enough to scrape through because uh, I didn't draw any money out of the bank. Mm-hmm. But the, the bottom line is that I knew I was going to bring more business to that, mm-hmm. to that business. Right. And I hadn't quite finished my apprenticeship. I had a year to go, mm-hmm. sort of thing. So I had to sign that over to myself. That's a different story. But the head mechanic that was teaching me came with me. Oh, he, right. he bought a lot of business. Yes. To the business. I had my footy club by, I had to stop playing footy, of yeah. course, but I had have time. all these other people. Well, I couldn't afford to be injured. Yeah. That was the, the biggest thing. And then when you have a new business, people, you put a sign out and they say, it's a new business. So mm. we want to try that. Yes. Even though Jack had a great business before that, yep. he had people that didn't. And I was a lot cheaper. Yes. Didn't realise it was that much cheaper yeah. of, uh, than what he was charging. And, I made sure the job was really good. Yeah. And that that's the, the key thing, that the service was great. I listened to BP about the service. Yeah. I did every. We were the only one around there. We were washing windscreens and all that sort of thing, and that probably lasted for two years. Right. But uh, that was something that wasn't happening. Yeah. And we did s- extra things. Yeah. That no one else would do. And I took that into every other business that well, I th- went into after that.
1: The thing is that there's another pearl of wisdom just there because the fact is you you were doing things that other people weren't doing now if you are out there and you're running a business what are you doing different what are you doing that is better than your opposition or your counterparts or whatever you know and there must be something even if you smile a little bit more you know if you just shake somebody's hand more or wave at them you know just one little thing makes a big big difference in the long run doesn't it
2: That certainly makes a huge amount of difference. Mm. Back then, there was discounting and petrol coming in. So the idea was to sell as much petrol. But what we wanted to do is we wanted to pump up the people's tires. We wanted to check under the bonnet. Because every time you did that, you found something and you told the people about it and you made more work for your workshop, which is where you made the real money in those days. Yes.
1: Well, I think that's important. I mean, you know, you, you look at somebody's tires and you think, oh, it won't be long. You need tires. And the guy says, oh, you sell tires as well, do you? You know, they don't know until you tell them. You know, it's funny because sometimes you explain to people, look, you know, you, you need a new fan belt or you need a new radiator or you need something and then we've got a mechanic here that can do it for you. Oh, wow. You know, and all of a sudden, a little thing like that brings you a lot of business And when they bring their car to you, then they'll tell, oh, my car's in service. Oh, yeah, where do you get the service done? And then all of a sudden, their friends will come to the same place. But of course, when you do a service, if you do everything that you should be doing,
2: you'll Mm -hmm. always find something that needs to be done. Yes. And unfortunately, a lot of business back then, could be the same these days, I don't know, they don't actually do everything. Mm. So therefore, sometimes something could break and then you lose that business. But if you find something that needs to be done, you always show them back then what what had broken, what what was near it. You always kept in touch. And keeping in touch was something I learned really early that that was in every business I went into
1: after that. Yeah, I think – I was talking to a chap the other evening last week and then he decided to take me out last night and buy me dinner simply because he wanted to keep in touch but also he wanted to pick my brain on several uh, things that we're working together on. And that's one of the most important things, keeping in touch, keeping a contact list and and contacting the list. No use having a database of, you know, ten, twenty thousand 20,000 people and not contacting them, you know, or only contacting 4,000 of them if you've got a 20,000 database. And people say to me, oh, look, I've got 5,000 people on Facebook. Well, you know, how many of those do you actually contact? How many of those do you actually report to or try and get some information from? You know, and how often do you send out something to all of them? You know, and and often they don't. And I'm thinking, why not?
2: (laughs) I think think there's something a little uh, very important then too, is what you do is you give something that, is going to be important to the person you're talking to, Mm. not what you think that's important. Yeah. And if you do that, you you, you, you just get people more interested and they say, they're actually interested in me.
1: Mm. Yeah, well, you're looking after them and and they'll know that you're looking after them, you know. So that's interesting. Now, look, we've got to take a break already. (laughs) Look, we'll take a break and we'll come straight back. Thanks, Ron.
3: Galipo Foods, dal 1983, leader australiano nella vendita di distribuzione di una vasta gamma di generi alimentari, tra i quali
0: il prosciutto Spears, dal gusto unico e delicato al palato.
3: Innovazione, professionalità e forte
0: rapporto con dipendenti, clienti e fornitori fanno di Galipo Foods uno
3: dei distributori più grandi, rispettati e premiati in tutta Australia. Gallipo Foods, stima, fiducia e qualità. Foodland's proudly owned
0: by South Australian families like mine. Our stores are our second home. And just like home, we want you to feel safe and looked after when you visit. Thankfully, our customers have always
1: acted like mighty South Aussies when shopping with us which, by the way, supports all the local family-owned brands who produce the essentials you find on our shelves. Great families, great locals, and great food lives here. Food Land, the mighty South yeah!
0: Are you an environmentally conscious person? Pick Me on Plastic Free is an initiative developed by local food business, Base Brothers purchase any pre-packaged mandarin product and know it's 100% cardboard, fully compostable and easily recycled in a green or yellow bin, and the fruit is 100% SA grown and hand-packed at Paraka. A portion of profit will go toward the growing and planting of native trees as part of the Trees for Life program, a not-for-profit based in SA. Consumers now have the choice between the environment and the product they want you can purchase your mandarins at any local independent fruit and veg store. For more details, go to the website, pickme.life. Bass Brothers, doing their bit for the environment. Hi, I'm Jamie Limura. I'm Lee Harrison. Join us every second Sunday night from 7pm on Negative Canberra, the official motorsport show of Scuderia Ferrari
3: Club Adelaide.
0: Whether it's karting, supercars, MotoGP, Formula One, we talk all the latest news and results in the motorsport world. Negative Canberra, every second Sunday from 7pm on Radio Italia 1 87.6 FM.
3: Radio Italia 1, sito internet www.italia1.com.au. Seguici anche sulla nostra pagina Facebook e Instagram.
1: Radio Italia
3: 1
1: You're listening to Peter Salerno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia 1, 87.6 FM. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much for listening to Radio Italia Uno and Happy Business Radio every Monday from 2 till 3 on Radio Italia Uno here in Adelaide. And, of course, on podcast, thanks to Podcast City and Ron and Karen from Podcast City who do a great job. And if you're looking to do a podcast, quick, get in touch with them. But, look, please... Support the people that support us. As you know, we play a variety of different commercials for a variety of different companies and businesses that, you know, if you have a product or a service that you want to promote, now is the perfect time. Get in touch with me, or get in touch with somebody at the radio station. We'd love to help you with your advertising campaign, and I can guarantee you'll get really good results at a very, very inexpensive price. So, thank you. My special guest today, and we're talking about businesses and how to improve your business, or how to improve yourself, and how to improve your life. Whether you're working for somebody or running your own business, this still applies. And my special guest is Richard Zanker, and Richard. You mentioned how you went into a business when you were 19 years of age without any experience or much knowledge. And then after that, you sold the business and you knew you were going to change. So what were you looking for? What did you have to do?
2: Right. Yeah. Well, I decided I wanted to, I got sick of working 12 to 14 hours a day and yeah. my hands were getting dirty. Yeah. And I looked at quite a few of my clients and they're real estate agents. And I thought gee, they must be doing pretty well. They've got very good flash cars. Mm-hmm. They seem to be able to go to lunch for quite a period of time. <laughs> so um, when I when I got out of a business there, I thought, well, what I've got to do is learn about real estate. And mm-hmm. I knew I didn't know anything about selling. I knew I didn't do anything about marketing. And that's what people were telling me was important in real estate. Mm-hmm. So what I decided, I thought, well, I and learned how to sell. So the best way of learning how to sell is work on commission only. Mm-hmm. So I was yep. lucky enough to meet a guy named David Atkins. Yep. And David, I learned a lot off of. He was a mentor. And he unfortunately, he only died just a few years ago, and I kept in touch with him and, until, yep. until he did Rest, go. Yep. Great businessman, had some great businesses, and his philosophy in business, we're talking about, we're talking about what happens. His big thing was the customer got everything, yep. and then he looked at everything after that and said, if there's anything wrong here... We must not have that happen again. Yep. So he just fixed it no matter what. Great person to to my lucky Great enough. Great mentor. As I was going to. So he didn't teach me how to sell, but he taught me about business and how he started his business and what he did. Yeah. And then I looked around and I thought, well, I want a real estate agent that is young, that is going to progressive. Because I'll I'll be with him for three years and then I'm going to start my own business. Mm. That was that was the plan. Yeah, sort thing. So and I, I met this guy called Miles Pierce. Yep, and he said to me, "Okay, a year before you, it was five years I worked for David. Yep. A year yep. before you get your license, that desk over there, that's that's the top salesman in this office here. That desk is there. No one sits there until you start with me, Richard. And then we talked about how long I was going to stay. We did a deal. Yeah, off and um." We went from there, so that's I started in that office. On that, we made that office successful. Yep, it was a group of us. We had a huge new attitude towards it. It was Miles' second office. Right. I then went being second in charge of that. I then opened a new a new office after that, which is brand new from scratch. And when we did that, we had that office humming and going from the first day. So on, uh, unlike most real estate agents back then, in particular, we had a meeting, a sales meeting on Monday mornings. Yes, yes. So not not on Fridays, on yep. Monday mornings. Yes. To get everybody up and going after their busy weekend. To report sales, to report what they're doing and for the rest of the team to say, how can we help? Mm. So we had a good team. Yep. So when I opened the Modbury office up there, right, we had sales, we had listings and we hadn't even been there. So I had people who yeah. have already
1: started. Canvassing in the area. Yeah. And then I had then I had the yep. staff that I knew I was going to employ well, too. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because I remember um, in the insurance industry and several other industries, they would have meetings on Friday. So people would come in a bit later on a Friday, you know, 9, 10 o'clock, and the meeting would start, say, at 10, 30 And then they would report their figures for the week. They would uh, do that, and then they'd all go to lunch. By 12 o'clock, the meeting was finished. You know, and everybody went to lunch and then they'd stay to lunch at two, three o'clock and they'd go home and pick up their kids. I did that myself for years, but I was lucky enough to say, okay, we, uh, you know, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm going to work my little butt off so that on Friday I can take the day off or semi take the day off, you know. Um, but then I, I by going to seminars and stuff like that, I learned that maybe we should have a meeting on a Monday morning. Because on a Monday morning, when somebody tells me some information or some stuff, try this or try that or do this, do that, I can go out Monday afternoon and do it. Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, I can do it. And when I come to report my figures on Friday, I say, look, I've done this. (laughs) You know, because if I have a meeting on Friday and they tell me about the superannuation program or this program or that new way of doing things or how to improve my sales, whatever, I go home Friday evening and just relax Saturday and Sunday, I've relaxed. By the time I come back on Monday, I've forgotten it, you know, and 99% of the people were like that. They go to a meeting on Friday morning and Friday afternoon when you're at the pub, they've forgotten what it was all about, you know, or they weren't really paying attention anyway.
2: Well, well, in real estate, as Miles pointed out to me at my first interview, he said, you're working all weekend. I expect you to be working on the weekends, both week, you know, not Sunday morning, but the rest of the weekend, and you have great opportunities. And I thought about this keeping in touch before. Yeah. He said, what you have to do is have really good reasons to keep in touch. So you meet with your team, mm-hmm. you report your sales, and how are we going to make the next sale happen? Mm. And off we go. We're running on Monday mornings.
1: Yep. Excellent. And that's, that's what uh, a lot of people, you mentioned that you wanted to go into real estate. So you, you knew you wanted to go into the business. So you started to say, what? information do I need? How do I improve my sales? How do I improve my management skills? How do I improve my contact things? Yep. So you went to learn how to do that. And and this is where a lot of people don't do that. They go into a business and then they're learning what they call on-the-job training, which is fair enough, but a lot of people should learn a little bit about it before they go into it. And they're going to be a lot more successful, aren't they?
2: Well, I went. I spent five years learning how to market myself. Yep. Um, my previous guy that I was working, as I said, it was only it was only um, commission only. Yeah. But he taught me how to market. I knew how to sell for another sales yep. job I had because I had a couple of jobs going. Yeah. Sort of thing. And the bottom line is that what you need to do when you go into there that when in real estate, just you think. The first thing is I think you need to be old enough to go into real estate. A lot of people right. go in very young and don't make it happen. Mm-hmm. Secondly, people don't want to employ anybody and give them listing. Listings is king, by the yeah. way. Oh, it's, yes. You don't sell king. houses. People buy houses. Yeah. So listings is king. People won't give them the most important decision in their life unless they believe you're successful.
1: Mm.
2: So I had it in my head that what I've got to do is when I go to do a listing presentation – I'm going to convince the people that I'm the best person to do the job and they won't even think about how, ask me how long I've been in real estate for. They can see have had the experience. What you (laughs) do is you have to create an illusion of Mm. being successful. And once you've created that illusion, you are.
1: Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that because there's several things popped into my head about that, you know, uh, about being old enough or young enough or or smart enough to to do the job. And I used to say to them, I'm applying for a job. And they go, what? yeah, I'm applying for the job to sell your property, (laughs) you know, because that's what I'm doing here. I'm looking when I was in finance and, you know, I'm looking for a job, you know, I'm going to look after all your insurances, you know, whether it's your cat and dog insurance, your car insurance, your house insurance, your mum, dad, you know, whatever, or or your business. And they go, oh, wow. I said, if you, anything to do with business, here's my number. And I'd give them a card with my phone number. And I say, this is my home number. And most of them had their uh, office number only. I said, no, no, no. If you have an accident on the weekend or if you have an accident while you're on holiday somewhere, I want to know about it. I want to know that I can help you. I can can say, go to this crash repair, go to this thing, do this, do that, whatever. Only once in the whole 15 years that I was in that business did I have somebody ring me up at night. (laughs) You know, I had people ring me up on weekends and stuff because I just had an accident and didn't know what to do. I said, no worries. No. oh, what? No problems. I said, you tell me. we'll, you know, we'll work it out for you. And Dave was like blown away that you, I'm offering that sort of service. You know, and and that's what a lot of people today would not give out their mobile numbers, let alone you know, and or say, oh no, you know, you look me up and send me an email or send me a message, a text message or whatever, you know. Well,
2: I think you're talking there is is a great old saying that successful people work when unsuccessful people don't want to. And they're the stars. Yeah. The
1: ones that do very well. So we've got to take another break, but I want to come back and and find out about some of the things you did while you were in real estate, okay? So we'll come straight back and talk
0: about that. When you hear the name Bocelli Cafe, you think an Adelaide institution. A family restaurant that's been providing the finest Italian cuisine for almost two decades. Coffee of the highest quality and staff that treat you like family. Spacious, COVID-safe indoor dining and a fully heated outdoor area. The kitchen is always prepared for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Parking's a dream. Bocelli Cafe Restaurant, 81 to 83 Hutt Street, Adelaide. Call them. 8232 3006 to book or follow Bocelli on Facebook and Instagram.
1: Looking for a new coffee machine for your home or workplace? Look no further than Fine Choice Coffee Solutions. You're experts in all things coffee. Why not come in for a chat and a special coffee tasting? You'll find us at 264 Gilbert Street in the city. Mention Radio Italia Uno and you'll receive a free 250 gram bag of freshly roasted coffee beans. You can also shop online at
2: www.fccoffee.com.au where you'll find our large range of premium roasted coffee beans, coffee machines, accessories, hot chocolates, teas and lots, lots more. I'm Danielle from Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your one-stop shop for all
1: things caffeine.
3: L'associazione Molisani di Adelaide annuncia che in concomitanza con l'Annual General Meeting 2022 ha organizzato un pranzo di primavera di tre portate più dolce e caffè. Il prezzo è di 20 dollari per i membri, 40 dollari per i non membri e 12 dollari per i bambini di età inferiore a 14 anni. Domenica 30 ottobre alle ore 12 con inizio alle 12.30 pm presso il South Australian Italian Association 262 Carrington Street Adelaide. Al pranzo farà seguito l'annual general meeting con inizio alle 2.30 pm. Per prenotazioni telefonare a Franco Salzano 0411 248 137, Charles Editore 0411 022 317, Serafino Maglieri 0412 441 946.
0: Are you a harness racing fan? Would you like to know more about this exciting sport? Would you like to buy a pacer? Are you looking for winners? Then tune in to Radio Italia Uno every Saturday morning at 8am for In The Running Line, our brand new harness racing show. We cover everything harness racing in South Australia and around Australia. Simon Jones, or Simo as he's known to his friends, will join us each and every week for his inside mail, previewing the Saturday night Globe Derby Park meeting the Ruffy of the Week and his Wonder Watch. Melanie Kittle will join us for all of the latest news and gossip, plus our Interview of the Week, where we highlight an outstanding drive or training feat. And we reminisce with some interviews from the past. That's in The Running Line every Saturday morning from 8am on Radio Italia Uno 87.6. Brought to you by SA Botra, Aaron Bain Racing and Summit Bloodstock.
1: You're listening to Peter Saluno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Radio Italia Uno and Happy Business Radio every Monday from 2 till 3 on Radio Italia Uno and, of course, podcasted around the world thanks to Podcast City. Now, like I said previously, please support the people that support us, and if you have a product or a service that you want to provide, or you are currently providing, but you want to promote, get in touch with me, get in touch with us at the radio station, we're more than happy to help you do that. Now, my special guest today is Richard, Richard's anchor, and Richard has been running a business ever since he was 19, and then he he moved from, from that to something else, and then he went into real estate, and now, it's interesting... Although he stayed with the real estate business for 26-odd years, he did so many different things there, you know. And one of the things he just said before we went to the break is that is so true, it says successful people do things that not successful people don't want to do or don't do, you know. So a successful person will do things that others don't do. That's why they become successful. Now, Richard, just for the benefit of everybody listening around the world, (laughs) Tell us like, some of the things that happened while you were in real estate, how you grew in that business. Well,
2: growing through the business, I, I I grew as a salesperson, obviously. Yeah. But I'll just go back to my first interview with Miles because yeah. he said to me, now, how long are you going to stay with me, Richard? And I said, well, two years. And two years was for me to get an agent's licence. Yeah. And he said, Richard, I'll tell you what, I'll do a deal with you. You stay with me for three years, rightio, and after that – that means you'll be successful because I'll teach you to be very successful. He looked me in the eye mm-hmm. and then he said, after that, you will have given to me, I've given you a job, you'll then give me back to me, I'll be making plenty of money out of you, mm-hmm. and that'll be my job now to make it more interesting to see for you to stay here. <laughs> so it, that, And then <laughs> he was we'll, we'll, we'll go one way and the other, Yeah, and it's a two-way thing, and the my guy David Atkins, said just about the same thing, yeah, under different circumstances. And and through that, there were so many people that Miles talked about. He yeah. was a man that wanted to be followed. Yes, and sorry, that people wanted to follow. Wanted that's to follow. that's the better yeah. way around. And you always had opportunity in, yeah, in that I, office. I remember I, Miles. I, I, I yeah. became the top salesman in the office. Yeah, and that was, and the two offices were very going very well. Mm-hmm. By the time we had four offices, I was then it was then time for me to open my own office, and I opened the Modbury office. Right, and as we were talking about in the break, uh, I had four people working for me at, at another office before that, and uh, that Monday morning meeting that I talked about, mm-hmm. we had sales, we had listings going, yep, sort of thing, and I had. People that had never sold real estate before, and I had experienced people. So, and I got a mix of old and young. Right. I was about in the middle sort of thing because I was only 32 or 33 Mm -hmm. at that stage, too. And already people wanted to join us. Yes. Because we were being successful everywhere.
1: Yep. That's just it. I think that you you took over as the manager and ran a couple of franchises, and, and Miles Pierce had literally an office in every state in Australia. Yeah. Or well, just just Almost, to correct that,
2: yeah. radio, radio. I didn't. I, the franchise was one side of the business, yep. and they were in the country. Yep. The sixteen company-owned offices that were in Adelaide yep. were owned by the company. Yep. We had an office in Perth, yep. Darwin, Alice Springs, Cairns, and uh, the Gold Coast, Gold Coast. All company-owned. Yep. Which was very unusual because all of our opposition were just one or two franchise. offices, yep. and the rest of them were franchise. Yep. Fair enough. So very huge difference because there was their culture that was brought yes. into the company. I then opened another office after that. But yep. that Modbury office, you know, talk about doing things yep. that are different right Yeah. I, I remember our first Christmas there and we're all going very well. And we had a couple of salespeople. I scored a couple of salespeople that were very good that came and wanted to join us. We yep. weren't actually looking for them. They were coming to join us. Yep. I said, look, what we're doing here at the moment is we work long weekends we don't have long weekends off, and we're working over Christmas. Mm. And had a little bit of a, a, a disagreement there with a couple of the top salespeople. Yeah. I said, look, just run with me this time, because no one else is going to open their office over Christmas. Yes. And I'll make a statement here. We will make sales, because nobody else will be opening things. We will get listings before mm-hmm. that, because we will say, you, you want to sell? We'll, we'll even be working over Christmas for you. Yep. And what happened at that Christmas is we made sales and something that happened that was very unusual, people actually came into our office and said, we want to list with you. And from then, for a few years after that, that office never not opened over Christmas.
1: Well, see, people realise how serious you were and when other uh, businesses don't open and you just stood out the, o- the others did follow after two yeah. years. Oh, yeah, but, you yeah. Know. <laughs> I mean, they say, oh, well, that's it. We've got to do – somebody's got to be here. <laughs> yeah. So what what
2: happened with that is I was, I was lucky enough. I opened another office at Glen then after that. And mm-hmm. then I become residential sales manager right. of th- – all those offices weren't open. We were still opening them at yeah. that stage. And the State Bank had bought half of us mm-hmm. at that stage. Um, so I become residential sales manager. So then I was moving into a lot of training yes. sort of thing. But I knew how to run a successful – to be a successful salesman. Yep. I knew how to run a successful office and start it from scratch because I'd yep. done that three times. Yep. I then we started uh, – I was I started moving into the training thing. Yes. And my favourite my favorite thing is the most important thing that's in real estate and that is to get listings. Mm. So I would do a half-day session on uh, – I would say, look, with the new people that are coming in, if you do exactly what I do say, you will be successful in real estate because yep. you'll have enough listings and you'll have yep. more listings than anybody else if you do everything. Now, everybody can't do everything. Yeah. But what you've got to do is you've got to go out there and you've got to, in your small area there, yep. you've got to think, you've got to make sure that people think you are the number one person in that in sales. Areas, yep. And as soon as people start to believe that, you are.
1: Yeah. And more importantly, you become you become what you believe you want. Yeah, mm. you know, yeah. sort of. That's that's the. I think that's the thing that the big message here is: if you want to do something, find out how to do it. You know, like you said, go and learn how to do it. You know, go and work with somebody who's doing it, and then grow yourself. You know, because if you grow, then your business can grow. You know exactly. Right. And you if you don't grow yourself, if you don't grow your knowledge, there's no way you can get further ahead. You
2: you were saying a little while ago, you said to your clients, you can ring them anytime. I would encourage anybody to ring me anytime, day or night. We didn't have mobiles back then, but we're starting to get them anytime, day or night. If they had a question, if they were worried about anything about their house, they ring. And when I started training, Mm -hmm. I would encourage every one of our salespeople, right, to, if you have a win, if you do something different, I'd love you to ring me that night. And I don't care what time it is. Yeah. And people used to ring me, my sales people. Oh, say,
1: sales people, oh, yeah. I did uh, so-and-so.
2: And I just got this listing What and you told sale. me, oh, I just made this. It was yes. just so rewarding for me. It was fantastic. Yeah.
1: Well, it's interesting you say that because, like I said, this is long before mobiles, but I used to put my home number on my business card. I had my office number and my home number. And I'd say, this is my home number. And they go, oh, wow. Yeah. I said, that's okay. You give me a call. If anything goes wrong, you know, if you have an accident or something, whatever. And- There was only like a couple of times that I got called late in the evening because somebody had an accident or their son had their car and had an accident. And one time um, a barn got blown off, you know, one of the farmers that I had insured, the the barn roof got flung off in a storm. Another time the next door neighbor's shed flew over the fence and broke the fence and, and smashed the back window of a house, you know. But... You know, we were prepared to pay for it all and the next door neighbour said, don't worry, my insurance is going to cover it. So, you know, those sort of things. I found that the other thing I did was I was at Christie's Beach, for example, and at the office there and there was somebody down at McLaren Vale and McLaren Flat and, and I had people at Blewett Springs, which is like, say, 20, 30 kilometres away from where my office was, you know. And the guy asked me to go and insure his car, which is just third-party property. And at that time... For, for that sort of insurance, I would get about a dollar fifty, right? So I drove out there and did his insurance, and you know had a, had a chat with him, had a drink and all this, it, you know, coffee and sat down, and then I left, right? And the people said, "Oh, you must be mad! You travelled out, you know, twenty eight miles out there and twenty miles back, you know, that's over forty miles for a dollar fifty. You paid more than that in petrol." I said, "Yeah, I know," but the report, I said, the relationship I built is. It's going to be great. And from that one person, honestly, his whole family ended up coming to me, you know. And that's what usually happens. (laughs) And I tell you what, you know, I speak Italian quite fluently. Not well, but I speak my dialect. But, you know, because he was Italian, because he had relatives there and relatives the other side of town and relatives here, there and everywhere, the same thing. I was doing insurance for a fish and chip shop. They were finding it hard to get insurance. So I shopped around and found a company that would insure fish and chip shops. All of a sudden, I had about 20 Lebanese families ring me because they were all related. I did the same thing and all of a sudden there was about 10 Greek families or related relatives or whatever, wanting their their restaurants or their shops insured that... Because I insured their uncle's shop or one of their cousin's shops, you know, all of a sudden I become their insurance man, you know. And like you say, with real estate, it's the same thing as long as you give them the right service. And it doesn't matter what company or what business you're in. This is what I'm trying to encourage people to do all the time, you know. And and nothing's changed. Well, people think it has. All right. (laughs) Let's come back. We're going to come
0: back in a while. Are you looking for an Italian restaurant that boasts cuisine inspired by the Amalfi Coast and the Campania region? Introducing Lombra, Cantina, Cucina and Pizzeria boasting classically trained Italian chefs, recreating wonderful culinary memories of your last visit back home. Italian food that takes your breath away, squid ink pasta, allo scoglio, spaghetti vongole, napoletana pizza, and Lombra can cater for all of your celebrations, christenings, birthdays, family gatherings, and private functions. Enjoy the food and wine and wonderful service, and leave the rest to Davide and Fabio. Lombra, Cantina, Cucina and Pizzeria, 15 Charles Street, Westlakes. Email to bookchow at lombra.com.au or call 8151 2345. It's an experience you'll never forget.
1: You can always expect more at Tony and Mark's
3: ma qui da Tony e Marx sembra di essere tornati in Italia infatti qui puoi trovare la freschezza della frutta e della verdura a prezzi sempre competitivi e un personale amichevole che ricrea la tipica atmosfera e accoglienza italiana ma si può veramente trovare di tutto certo, oltre a tutti i prodotti italiani e locali puoi anche ordinare gustosi piatti preparati per ogni occasione con affettati, frutta fresca e formaggi da tutto il mondo e tutti questi fiori freschi? eh sì, qui puoi trovare ogni giorno bouquet e composizioni floreali su misura per te, ma anche per o eventi speciali.
1: You can always expect more at Tony and Marks, Newton, The Brickworks, Glenunga, Golden Grove and Burnside.
0: Are you looking for a first-class printer? Then I've found you one. General Print they specialise in roll label printing, including wine labels, labels for punnets, fruit and veg, labels for cheese. Need some blank thermal labels? General Print. What about offset printing? General Print. This 30-year family business prides itself on professionalism, friendly service, and attention to detail, and they're extraordinarily cost-effective. Call General Print on 8346 4499 or pop in and see them at 12 Birely Road, Regency Park. Oh, did I mention that they do letterheads, business cards, and invoice books? General Print.
3: Hi, I'm David Heath. Join me each Saturday afternoon from 2pm until 5pm for Saturday Sports Scoreboard. If you would like me to host the show live from your sporting event, simply email your request to info at italiauno.com.au. Plus, we'll be announcing a special sporting competition with great prizes to be won That's Saturday Sports Scoreboard from 2 pm every Saturday afternoon on Radio Italia Uno 87.6 FM. Radio Italia Uno.
1: You're listening to Peter Saluno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia Uno 87.6 FM. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Of course, um, Radio Italia Uno is here with a variety of different music, Italian and other nationalities. We've got a lot of different shows, presenters that present different shows here. And of course, I'm available every Monday from two till three on Radio Italia Uno and podcasted around the world on a Happy Business Radio. So thank you so much for listening to Happy Business Radio um, on this Frequency of 87.6 FM. And like I said, you can go to your podcast and just uh, look up Happy Business Radio and it comes up. And you can hear it, uh, all the old shows, all the previous shows, and get all the information. Like my special guest today is Richard. And Richard Zanker has been, you know, giving us a lot of information and, and uh, about his. Uh, Starting business at a very early age, not knowing much what to do. And when when he decided what he was going to do and going to real estate, the thing that he realized he didn't know much about selling, he didn't know much about management, he didn't know much about people skills or, you know, that, that are required in the real estate business. So he went to learn about how to be a real estate agent how to sell and all that sort of stuff and that's what made him so successful because he was hungry for good knowledge <laughs> so and he got himself a mentor and i talk about that all the time how you know it's it's important to get a mentor a coach or somebody that can stay with you for a period of time but the biggest thing i always say don't be afraid of changing coaches because sometimes a coach will take you to a certain level then you need a coach to take you to the next level and then the next level, you know, it's not always the same coach. You know, people stay with the same coach and say, oh, I'm loyal. Well, it's not right, you know. Sometimes you need to change. But Richard, you were talking during the break about keeping in touch and a couple of stories you were going to share. So tell us about that.
2: Well, with, with the keeping in touch, I started into the training field. Because yes. with the Miles Pierce rally, I became residential sales manager. Yep. Then I become, uh, went into marketing and yep. I became the marketing manager. Then I was group managing director of the five companies that we yep. had. But when I was doing the training, and I really used to enjoy doing that, we talk about keeping in touch. It works at so many different levels. So I would do a, a, a day session on how to get a listing for mm-hmm. anybody new coming in, into the business. And I would be talking about my keeping in touch. And then I would say to them, I expect you to keep in touch with me. Every time you have a win or something we're talking mm-hmm. about here, I don't care what, If it might be finishing that at 10 and 30 at night. I'd love you to really give me a ring and tell me about it. Yeah. And the funny thing about that was the ones that rang me at obscure hours and different times were the ones that became very, very, very successful. Yes. And and on the other side of it, I used to say, look, ring me any time when, when I was selling houses. Mm-hmm. And you get so much from that because if people are wondering about something, the worst thing that can happen is them not to have an answer on something. Yeah. So I used to say, don't care what time they're ringing. And there could be a, a couple – They're talking about it. They don't know the answer to something, and you don't know there's a problem unless they ring you. Yeah, And they ring you, and you answer their problems, you're the hero again, and all (laughs) of a sudden you sell their house for a great price.
1: Yes, and you become (laughs) their best man. (laughs) Yeah. Look, that's the thing. I think a lot of salespeople, I'll say people, male, female, whatever, don't know how to ask for referrals, don't know how to say thank you for a referral, don't even – you know, they, they get a referral, they don't even follow them up. You know, I've had people saying, I gave oh, that yes. guy the name. You know, you I'm sure you have too. In real estate, it happens all the time. Somebody gives you a name or referral or somebody, you know, and then you don't contact them. That's like suicide as far as I'm concerned. Well, you do
2: all this work to get in touch with these people and it doesn't matter if you're selling tyres. Yeah. You own a team T-Mart or whatever, whatever. Whatever. Sort of thing. but. Just just on the side of it. Once I once I got into uh, and I started running the marketing at Miles Pierce. Yep. When Miles first started his business, it was reliability in real estate was mm-hmm. the major thing that he thought. I then changed it to keeping in touch
1: mm-hmm.
2: because we thought we'd outgrow in that, and it was like mm-hmm. the mentor thing. I yes. was lucky to have two sensational mentors during yep. my life, and to have that quality is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't agree with you more. Is to move on because they need to grow with you. Yeah. But we, we changed the whole company's philosophy about not just being reliable in real estate, but we are the company that you can keep in touch with and we will keep in touch with you. Yeah. So important.
1: That's the key, I think, that a lot of people don't do, you know. But I, I used a mentor thing like a coach, and I've, I've said to some of my clients, look, I can help you in this area, but I'm not an expert in this area. You need somebody else here. And they go, what? Mm. Like, you know, and there's some coaches – or business coaches, they think they can do it all. And I, I don't believe any one person can do it all. I mean, there are a couple who are pretty good, who are right up there. They they look at your health. They look at your business. They look at, you know, your finances. They look at all that. And they, they can give you a, assistance on all those areas. But most people can't. And I, I look at it as a sports. You know, we, we follow the football and Australian rules. Let's, let's just say Australian rules. You've got a coach... That coaches the back line. You've got a coach that coaches the centre and a, a coach of coaches the forward line. And the yep. forward people are totally different to the back people. And the other night I was surprised. I saw, I saw it on the television. This guy's just had a, a contract extended with the, a particular club, a football club, and he says, oh, he, he can play any position. And they, on the interview he said, oh, I've been playing football for so many years, he said, and this is the first time I've ever played in full back. He said it was like totally different. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Football is football. You pick up the ball, you kick it forward. <laughs> you know,
2: But with that, that too, it doesn't matter how big the business is, whether it. it's big, small or indifference, yep. every part of that
1: applies. Yes. Yes. I think that's, the, that's probably the – we have to finish on that <laughs> note. But it's true. Every part of the business is important. There's not one part that's not important. So that's why you need a coach or a mentor to help you go through it. Look, we have to say goodbye because our time is up. Richard, it's been a pleasure having you here tonight. We're going to have to bring you back, I'm sure, because I'll get I'll get people saying, we want to hear what he said or more about what he said, you know. But if you want to hear more of what he said, just go back and listen to it again and you'll hear these pearls that you've given us, you know. Thank you. Until we meet again, Radio Italia Uno every Monday from 2 till 3 and on podcast anytime you like to hear it. Thank you very much. Please keep sending me messages, keep sending me emails and help us help others. Share this with your friends. Thank you. Bye.
0: You have been listening to Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno. Catch our show every Monday from 2 to 3 p.m. On Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM.